Wow. Thank you for your presence, Lord. We thank you for your presence, that it's actually all about you. It's all for you. It's all through you. It's all to you. Wow, just to linger that little bit longer in presence. Wow, we give you glory. We give you glory, King Jesus. We give you glory, King Jesus, this morning. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, thank you for what you want to do this morning. Thank you that your presence is present. Your presence is present. I pray that every person's senses would be sensitized, would be awakened to your presence, that you would increase, you would dial it up, like I like to say, dial it up, Lord. Holy Spirit, dial it up, that we would encounter Jesus this morning. Whoa, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Wow, you know, actually I could have sat there in silence for a, a long time. I know it feels awkward at times, but it's okay to sit and to pause. You know, the sailor, the pause, think on that, just sit in that for a moment. There's nothing, there's nothing better than his presence. And we'd learn to linger. We'd learn to be like Mary at the feet of Jesus, that we choose to do that. That's the better thing, yeah? Yeah. Amen, amen. Hey, it's, it's beautiful to be with you guys I'm excited. This morning is beautiful. I mean, this is just an extension of worship. See, worship's not just singing. It's everything. It's everything we do. We present our bodies as living sacrifices. Like, this is our worship. This is our worship. And so even in the word and in the preach, and then when we go to lunch, I mean, let's keep worshiping. Let's keep worshiping. It's exciting. Wow, some exciting things um, happening I read on the comments that Caleb Pello, you said your back got healed in the night. I just want to give a shout out. And we love celebrating testimonies. Come on, Jesus. The testimony of Jesus is it's do it again. Do it again, Lord. If you have a back problem uh, right now, take your healing. It's not just exclusive for Caleb. He asked the Lord. He went to sleep and he woke up healed. And he, he's given a testimony about that. So now it's there for the taking. So in Jesus' name, if you have back issues for whatever reason, be healed. Be healed. Bend, stretch, reach up, put into action, put your faith into action and watch him come upon you and heal you and let us know. Let us know. Thank you, Jesus. You're amazing. You're beautiful. Wow. You know, in this season we find ourselves in, there is such a clear call to be ruthless about making everything we say and do about Jesus. And we're not going to apologize about that. We're not going to apologize for that. It's all about Jesus. And it has to be. It has to be. That's what we're here for. The Holy Spirit is bringing us back to the powerful simplicity of just beholding him, then knowing him intimately, encountering him. And it's in this place that we actually be, be transformed. We become transformed to be like him. The Bible says, you become what you behold. You become what you behold. What are you looking at? What is your gaze fixed on? What is your heart centered or attached to? That's what we're becoming. If it's on Jesus, then you're going to become like him from glory to glory. Yeah, it's time. It's time to become captivated and fascinated once again with the person, the king that we have the king of all kings, Jesus, with Jesus, our king. Let's behold him so that we become like him. And then do what he did. And the more, actually, that he's invited us into. 
So remember, as we get on with our series, and we're doing our, our series on Radical Jesus, which is so exciting, as we go on with Radical Jesus, we're not just talking about him. We actually want to be transformed. So in this moment, there's an invitation for Holy Spirit to come. And then what you hear, what you behold, then you actually can become. And then we're going to do what he did. We're, we're invited and commissioned to get out and do what he did. As he is in this world, so are we. So are we. I hope you're getting that because it's being repeated week after week after week. And we'll keep repeating it. But that's what we're called to do and be. And today I have it's like the mammoth task of actually sharing about radical Jesus who came to reveal the kingdom. That's huge. Kingdom is massive. It's huge. He came to not only reveal but to demonstrate the kingdom. And that's what we're going to unpack a little of today. I'm going to do my best to give you a bit of a broad um, look at what kingdom is. And then we're going to do something with that. The kingdom, the kingdom. Well, you know, I felt the Holy Spirit as I was preparing this say, well, we can't look at kingdom without looking at the king. And so, like I said, we're going to be ruthless and radical about looking at Jesus. And so we're going to start right there. We're going to look at King Jesus. And even as I share, as I um, bring out scriptures, let your heart be yearning and saying, Holy Spirit, actually show me, not, not, not just in words, I want to encounter this King. I want to be transformed by what I'm hearing this morning or later today or tonight, whenever it is that you're listening to this. Now, we can't reveal what we haven't seen and we can't demonstrate what we don't know. So let's start by looking at this King, because every kingdom has a King. We're talking about the kingdom of God. Let's look at the King first and foremost. And, you know, in a practical sense, as I'm, I'm talking about the magnificence, the magnitude of this, this glorious king in all his majesty, uh, what that looks like for you right now is that the kingdom can come upon you in your home right now. It's the rule and reign, right, of Jesus. And so the kingdom, if it's his rule and reign, in the majesty of it all, that rule and reign can come into your home right now. It can come into your marriage right now. It can come into your finances right now. It can come into your, your brokenness right now or your lostness or your hopelessness. His rule and reign wants to come and restore you to kingdom order right now. So I'm going to read some scriptures for you. We're going to hit it. We're going to go for it. And, and, and I really believe God's expanding us, our capacity this morning to actually receive kingdom and then reveal kingdom. Daniel 7, 13. Let's go Old Testament. Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 to 14. He says this, As my vision continued that night, I saw someone like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient one and was led into his presence. And he, this one, was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that the people of every race and every nation and every language would obey him. His rule is eternal. Like it never ends, ever. It always was, it always is, and it always will be forever. It will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. This is the kingdom that we are part of, a kingdom that will never be destroyed. Isaiah 6.1 and this is in the Passion Translation. In the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah's talking, I clearly saw the Lord and he was seated on his exalted throne, towering high above me. His long flowing robe of splendor spread throughout the temple. 
Why don't you use your imagination and start to visualize this? Have a look. Start to engage with the words of scripture right now. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Revelation 4, 1 to 11. This is John speaking in the encounter that he had. Then as I looked, I saw a door open or standing open in heaven. And the same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet. The voice said, come up here and I will show you what must happen after this. And instantly I was in the spirit. And I saw a throne in heaven. Wow. A throne in heaven. And there was someone sitting on it. The one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones, like jasper and carnelian. And the glow of an emerald encircled his throne like a rainbow. Are you seeing this? Can you picture this? Jesus on the throne in all his glory. Let's go to verse 8. Each of these living beings, now there's living beings around the throne, um, had six wings and their wings were covered all over with eyes inside and out. Day after day, night after night, they keep on saying, the anthem of heaven, I call it, holy, 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 holy is the Lord God, the almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. Revelation 19, 11 to 16. Then, John again, I saw heaven opened and a white horse was standing there and its rider was named faithful and true. This is Jesus. For he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood except himself. And get this. On his robe at his thigh was written this title, King of all kings and Lord of all lords. King of all kings. This king, this king, let's have a quick look at this king that we've just read about. This king that has, is, has just surrounded in majesty and glory and we can't even put words really to it. This king. You know, our catch cry here, if you've been with us at Melbourne Lights Church, is, is always the king in the kingdom. We're always saying, hey, let's come back to the king in the kingdom. It's about the king in the kingdom. I mean, that's, that's, that's who we are. That's who we are, what we say. But in order to understand the kingdom of God, we must know the king. And I'm talking about an intimate knowing, intimate knowing, like this knowing, close, face to face, mouth to mouth, eyeball to eyeball, knowing Jesus Himself is the kingdom personified. Look, the kingdom came. The kingdom of God came to us through the Son, through Jesus. It came and it's his redemptive rule and reign. God's redemptive rule and reign sent King Jesus. And Jesus came with the same mission to, to redeem, to rule, to take back. Jesus is king. We read it. Jesus is king. Settle it. Jesus is king. Actually, he's the king of all kings. There are other kings, but he is king of all kings. There is no king like Jesus. No king like Jesus. And it actually undoes me when I think, what other king did what he did? What other king leaves his throne? What other king? I mean, Jesus left his throne. The, the, the very thing we were talking about in those scriptures, he left the streets of gold. He left that glory and that majesty to walk the streets of dust for you and me. What other king does that? What other king lays down his life? What other king could actually pay that price but King Jesus? We can't release a kingdom we know nothing about and we can't reveal a king 
that we don't know. But the invitation is, come know me. Come know me. The reason he left heaven was that we could come know him personally. And there's an invitation. It's not that he's far off and he's so unable to be reached. He is so here and he wants you to know him right now. You know, every time the host of heaven catch a glimpse we read it of Jesus on the throne they're just they're blown away and they see another side to him and they can't help but cry holy 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 I mean what's our response to seeing Jesus what is your response to seeing Jesus because there's always more there's always more are we captivated still by the majesty of who he is are we just so just oh drawn into his presence do we run to him Our king is not like other kings. Our God is not like other gods. Hey, from Genesis to Revelation, it's God with us. See, this is not something that's new. It's not a now thing. This has been forever in the plan and the heart of God. Right from Genesis, the beginning of the Bible, it was Emmanuel. It was God with us. It was the rule and reign of God being extended through us. He asked us, he invited us to come and join him to extend the rule and reign of the kingdom right there in the beginning. In the person of Jesus comes the kingdom, right? This becomes the theme that we live by and walk by, God with us. So what's the Garden of Eden and, you know, those early days in Genesis, but it was God with us. What's the tabernacle? When the tabernacle came, it was God with us. It was a place that he could inhabit. What is Jesus putting on flesh like, like it says in John? And coming down to live among us, it's God with us. God with us. What about Pentecost? My favorite book, the book of Acts, where Pentecost hits. Well, same thing. It's the coming of the Holy Spirit, God with us. See, we get to the end of the earth and even at the end of the book in Revelation and there's the new heavens and the new earth and it's God with us. And all along, it's about ruling and reigning. And I used to have an old pastor who would say to us, hey, we're here on earth, but we're in training for reigning. And when you read the word, we're actually in training for reigning because it says that one day we will be reigning. It's all about the rule and reign. This is the kingdom of God. So the kingdom, the kingdom, what is it? Where is it? How does it work? Why am I going on about it? Well, because Jesus came to reveal and and demonstrate the kingdom. Do you know that the kingdom was so important to Jesus that he actually mentions it 126 times in the ESV translation of the Gospels? And uh, it's slightly, you know, more or less in other other translations, but there's an, an overarching theme that actually he spoke about this probably more than anything else. It's massive, it's important. So we need to get this and he wants us to get it and then walk in it. Jesus clearly wanted to get our attention and focus our gaze on the kingdom. However, the kingdom, we know this, but I I need to say it, it's not an actual palace. Now, I'm not talking about heaven. There will be a new heaven and a new earth one day, and there is a place we're going to. Okay, but this is not this. The, The kingdom, when we're talking about the kingdom, it's not a palace like castles you might have visited in Europe. They're beautiful. It's not like Windsor Palace floating around in a heavenly realm. The kingdom of God is what we're saying. It's simply God's redemptive rule and reign. I hope you're getting that. By the end of this, you're going to say, oh, kingdom, rule and reign. The kingdom's the rule and reign of King Jesus extended through me, through the church. The word kingdom points directly to God's kingship or his rule, his action, his sovereign governance and all over all created things, you know, in all created things through all created things. Isaiah prophesied of Jesus in Isaiah 9 that of the increase of his, talking of Jesus, his government, government 
and of peace, there will be no end. Do you know that we're part of a kingdom that is ever increasing? It doesn't matter that you watch the news and you think we're, we're, we're in the darkest times maybe than, than we've ever been. To you, might, you might think the church is, is, is being shut down or diminished, but I'm, I just want to tell you that actually, no. Get excited. The kingdom, the increase, actually, his government, that's his rule and reign of King Jesus, will never end. And it actually says, end of peace. End of peace. That's pretty huge. When you look around in the natural realm, that doesn't actually match up. But see, we're not talking about a natural kingdom. This kingdom is a superior kingdom. And we've talked about this before, where there's different kingdoms, right? The realm, this realm, the realm of darkness and the realm of God, the kingdom of God. This is what we're talking about, superior kingdom. The kingdom is an upside down kingdom. Actually, it's right side up, but it feels upside down when we look at the world around us. It's not like this world. For example, in the kingdom, you only get to keep what you give away. Or in the kingdom, how about this? The last will be first and the first will be last. In the kingdom, when we're weak, then he can be strong. In the kingdom, he says, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. In the kingdom, this kingdom, we're called to turn the other cheek. In this kingdom, leadership looks like a towel over your arm. You know, Jesus, the king of all kings, he stooped down to wash his disciples' feet. Like that, that is, is just, in the kingdom, it's servant. It's being a servant. It's ruling with the heart of a servant, but serving with the heart of a king. That's kingdom. That's kingdom. The kingdom also, the Bible says, is it's not eating and drinking and all the natural things. It's righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom can't operate apart from Holy Spirit. He is the one who activates it and he gives us access to it. It's in the Holy Spirit. It's not separate to him. Let's read some more scripture. Luke 17, 20 to 21. <clears throat> Let me find it. Okay. One day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? You see, they're still not getting it. And sometimes we're the same. Where is it? When is it? We're looking for something still. Jesus replies the answer here. I love Jesus. He's so clear and direct. The kingdom of God can't be detected or found by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there. For the kingdom of God is already among you. That means it's within you or within your grasp or it's at hand. It's not far off. It's within reach. It's right here right here right now and we've said it before it's within reach it's it's just here just here i'm gonna pause just for a second just feel him just lean into that he's here because it's the person of jesus his kingdom is attached it, it they, they're a package deal he's here take a deep breath Whew. So what's the evidence of the kingdom? The rule and reign of Jesus, yeah? It's the rule and reign of Jesus, and it looks like something. I want to tell you a story. So when I, a couple of years back, we were able to travel. We went with a team to Cambodia. It was, it was a wonderful experience. The Holy Spirit moved so powerfully. We went to a particular little town, and some of you have heard this story, but we went to this little, little village, actually, in the middle of the country of Cambodia, uh, very rural and as soon as we got to this village, there was um, a feel in the atmosphere. It was heavy. 
it was hard going like it was just thick but it wasn't a glory thickness it was a dark thickness and there was something in my spirit there was the sound actually they had on a megaphone across this little tiny town um this this um song or some tune a buddhist sound just ringing out and my spirit uh what happens with me is it starts to feel like off like i get vi like it vibrates and i know there's something off spiritually and so that's okay because that's how we sense and that's how we, we lean into, okay, we can partner now with what's going on and I'm aware. So we get to this beautiful little little village. We start to, to minister to the, the children that were there and there weren't many and actually they were quite sad. They were quite different to every other village. They were heavy, sort of hopeless. They looked uh, poorer. They looked just sad. They seemed so sad. And as the team were ministering and doing some games, and some fun things with the kids. The Holy Spirit said to me, go to the edge of, of the little building, go to the door, and, and I want you to call them in. And I knew he meant call in other children. I'm like, this is okay. So I, I left the team, went there, and um, I began to just say, come in in Jesus' name. There was nothing out there, nothing, um, except the sound across you know, the, the airwaves. And I said, come in in Jesus' name. And it was like Holy Spirit said, do you believe what you're saying? Say it louder. Come in, come in. As I did that, um, children honestly started coming uh, one by one from different, like all of a sudden, one sort of jumped out of a bush and ran in. Another from nowhere came on a bike dropped his bike and ran in. And so a few kids more came and I was like, thank you, Jesus. Now, the interesting thing is, as that happened and the kids came in, these dogs, these wild dogs just came and they, they made like a semicircle around us, about five or six dogs, not not hundred, but five or six dogs. And it was like they, they were eyeballing us. See, Louise, my friend, had come and, and stood beside me. She realized something was going on in the Holy Spirit and came to join me and we were both praying in the spirit and these dogs came and they were eyeballing us and they were agitated they they were kind of positioned almost like they planned it uh, and there was a line where they couldn't cross but yet they were just there and they were agitated and turning and scratching and looking at us and so we began to pray in tongues we began to actually just lean into heaven and go okay Holy Spirit, what's the strategy? Uh, what do we do? So then we pray in tongues. We start to push back darkness. And as, as we start amping up the prayer um, and just declaring and, and actually releasing kingdom, the kingdom of God, because um, there's this clash of kingdoms that was happening, we begin to release a superior kingdom. Uh, these dogs, I'm telling every single one of them, ask Louise, I'm not lying about this and I didn't see this in my mind, okay? Um, this happened, every single one of them suddenly, I don't even know how to say it properly, but did a poo. <laughs> did, <laughs> they, they began to poo, like what, all at once, all at once. And we knew instantly that these demons are marking their territory. They're saying that you, this is our land, this is our territory. And so then we said, we see you and we tell you, we push you back in Jesus name and we take back this land for Jesus and we release the kingdom of light into darkness. And instantly those dogs scattered, they ran, they left. And we went back in and we began to minister uh, to, the, to the leaders that were there. There were some pastors who had been, we, we begin to hear they'd been very oppressed. They were actually ostracized by the community there because they were believers. And you know what we did? It was beautiful as a team. We gathered around them. We began to sing worship songs over them. And we sang the song that says, Jesus, 
Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. And the darkness was beginning to be pushed back. Hope came in. Joy came upon them. Kingdom began to be released in that place. And it was a very real thing. It wasn't like just something we prayed about or a theory. It happened literally. You see, the kingdom is the rule and reign of King Jesus in and through everything everywhere. You don't even need to go to another nation to see that happen. You can take authority in your home right now. You can take authority in your business or in your workplace and release the kingdom right there. You can do the exact same thing. You have the Holy Spirit. King Jesus wants you to release it. See, it's at hand, your hand, my hand. The kingdom is at hand. Do something about it. So the word for kingdom, oh, this came to me. This was a bit fun the other day when I was, you know, ruminating and thinking about kingdom. And he, uh, the Holy Spirit reminded me that in Spanish, there isn't one word for kingdom. Like we have one word, kingdom. But in Spanish, it's four words. It's el reino de Dios. El reino de Dios. That means the reign of God. Literally means the reign of God. Ah, oh, I love that translation because that's what it is. It's his dominion. It's his rulership. And as image bearers, that's who we are, sons and daughters who reflect and look like our dad. As image bearers, we get to release and enforce the kingdom of God. So let's look back at Eden. Think back. Remember, we talked about the garden. Think back. Those first people in Genesis were told to fill the earth and take dominion of it. It's an invitation to kingdom rulership. We said, you know, all along, this has been God's plan. We get, we're commissioned. We, we walk with him. We get to rule and reign with him. Jesus, you know, said to pray this way, your kingdom come, Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. So what's heaven like? We say these words, but do we know what we're saying? What's heaven like when we declare your kingdom come, your will be done? as it is in heaven. Well, there's no darkness, there's no sickness, there's no hopelessness, there's no despair, there's no chaos, there's no uncertainty, there's no fear, there's no depression. The list could go on. That's what heaven look, looks like. I'm getting excited, I'm spraying. Luckily, we're not live because I'm spraying it. I'm not just saying it, I'm spraying it. Oh, wow. Come on, Jesus. God's pattern right from Genesis was that we were given the task to bring kingdom order to, to chaos and light to darkness, yeah? Oh. <laughs> yes, we were called to bring kingdom order to chaos. And the same goes with the tabernacle. Remember I said that earlier. The tabernacle was a pattern that released the glory of God. When the pattern's right, his glory comes. And where his presence dwells, I mean, that was also then a place where kingdom order could be brought to chaos and light to darkness. Then Jesus came. He dwelt or tabernacled among us. Bible language. He walked with us. He released the kingdom and then he went to the cross, rose again, seated at the right hand in glory, as we read in the beginning. And he said to us, right, go and make disciples, Jesus followers of all nations, preach the good news of the gospel or the kingdom, heal the sick, cast out demons and raise the dead. What's happening? It's the same thing. Bring kingdom light to darkness. We were commissioned to do the same. Bring kingdom order and rulership into brokenness and chaos. That's what you and I are called to do. The evidence of the kingdom, the rule and reign of Jesus looks like something. Okay, let's, let's go quickly through these scriptures. 1 Corinthians 4.20. The kingdom is not a matter of talk, but of power. 
You see, in Matthew 4.23, and, and this scripture is not, not going to come up, but you can look it up. Jesus, this is what he did. It looks like Jesus, right? We, look, we want to look like Jesus. We want to do what Jesus did and be like Jesus. Jesus, it says in Matthew 4.23, he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news of the kingdom. It's good news, guys. Don't announce something that you don't know is good news. It's good news. The world needs good news right now. We have it. The good news of the kingdom. And not only that, he healed every kind of disease and illness. That's what the kingdom looked like. Matthew 10, 7 says this. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near or at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. Luke 9, 2 says he sent them out. That's his disciples. And now we're the sent ones, right? He sent them. He sent me out. You say he sends me out. Actually, it's present continuous. He's sending you out. He sends me out. He's sending me out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. Look, last week we heard a brilliant message, so powerful, so equipping and empowering, you know, that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil and the kingdom, actually, kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, all kingdoms operate in a system of authority. And we've been given all authority in our kingdom, in this kingdom, to push back and destroy the works of the devil. As he is in this world, so are we. Let me tell you that kingdom releases don't tolerate demons. We've been given all authority to push back darkness, shift atmospheres, enforce the rulership of our King Jesus. Jesus makes a really interesting statement about the demonstration of the kingdom. He says this in Luke eleven twenty: If I cast out demons by the finger of God, pause right there. Do you hear that? The finger of God, the little finger of God, just by his finger can get rid of demons. I mean, that's, that's who is in us. That's who we've got in us, like Holy Spirit in us, the finger of God. So we need not fear. I mean, imagine the whole of God. Wow. I don't think we could see that until we're glorified. But the finger of God, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, guess what? The kingdom has come upon you. So as you go in your everyday, your everywhere, demonstrate the kingdom, preach, heal, raise the dead, cast out demons. This is Christianity 101. I'm not saying something that's radical that you've never heard. I'm just reminding you that this is who you are. This is the mission you're called to and you've been equipped to do it. Everywhere we see the evidence of the enemy, and Matt talked about this, you know, whether it's killing, stealing, destroying, it should stir us up to a holy, fiery indignation where we can't help but rise up and say, enough, stop, peace, be free, be whole in the name of Jesus. Wow, how many times, and I'm talking to myself here as well, but how many times do we just walk by oblivious how many times are we oblivious to what the enemy's doing? How many times are we just maybe so self-absorbed or so busy or distracted or self-conscious that we don't look out and get moved by what is happening around us, by what the enemy is doing in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our cities, in our nation and the nations? You know, the Bible says the kingdom suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. Step up into who you're called to be. Let's take it back. Let's push back with the rule and reign of Jesus. 
Releasing and enforcing the kingdom is love in action. It's love. It's a love move. It's not a power move. It's a love move. Jesus was moved by compassion and then he did something. Kingdom is always related to doing something. He healed. He set people free. He supernaturally fed the crowds. He stopped the storms. We've been commissioned to do the same. We've been commissioned to go. As he is in this world, so are we. So are we. So how do we do this? How do we do this? How do we walk out being kingdom releases? Number one, we walk with Jesus. We have to know Jesus. We need to be encountered by Jesus. We need to pull away and spend time with Jesus. We must be lovers of Jesus. All of heaven knows those who know Jesus and all of the demonic knows those who have been with Jesus. Be known as one who's been with Jesus. Let's see him rightly. Let's see him rightly. Let's be captivated by the majesty and the magnitude of that one on the throne, yet the one who came down and now lives in me. That one is so, who is so intimately close to me, so near. He's so near. Let's walk in right relationship with him, full of the Holy Spirit, connected to the Father in right relationship, because that's where authority comes from. That's where our authority comes from. How do we release kingdom? We walk closely with Jesus. Number two, how do we release kingdom? We work. Now you might think work. We're not supposed to work. It's by grace. Yes, it's um, salvation is by grace alone. Yes, we didn't do this. We didn't earn it. What a gift of God. Wow. Wow. But there is something we need to do. There's an outworking. You know, the Bible actually says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. There is a place to work. We need to do something. And the thing I'm in, in relation to the kingdom that I'm encouraging us all to do is you know, seek first the kingdom. That's what Matthew said um, in Matthew 6.33. It was Jesus actually said, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Mm. Now, too many of us, unfortunately, we're seeking first our own kingdoms. We're seeking first other kingdoms. But there can only be one king and one kingdom. Mm -hmm. And if it's not that then you're going after something that isn't the kingdom of God. We can't have both. We can't do both. We can't play games. We can't be in both camps or in two. We cannot have two kings. You can't. The house divided against itself will fall. You can't. And so it's his kingdom come, isn't it? It's continually positioning ourselves to say, your kingdom come. I'm sorry, Lord. I was enforcing my own kingdom, but it's your kingdom come, whether I feel like it or not. It's your kingdom come, whether I agree with it or not, whether society tells me or not, whether you know the latest preacher says it or not. It's his kingdom come, first and foremost. Your kingdom come, your will be done. You know, we're so busy seeking spiritual gifts, maybe, or careers, or our ministries, uh, our families, or maybe making money, wealth, um, social influence. It could be lots of things, prestige. But he says we're to seek first, first, the kingdom. You know, just maybe I had a thought come to me that maybe we're powerless to see his kingdom come because we don't put seeking the kingdom first. Just maybe, just maybe, that's why we're all talk and no power. 
God wants us to shift. He's shifting it. So he's not, he's not with a stick telling us off this morning. He's actually saying, hey, I know where I want you to be. And you're not quite there, but you can be. You can be. Come back to doing it my way. Come back to putting your kingdom to the side and let me be king in your life, in your family, in your business, in your dreams, in whatever it is that you've got going. I need to be king. You know, Jesus is king regardless. We don't make him king because he is king, but we can surrender to his kingship. We can surrender to his lordship. We can put off the stuff that hinders easily and just surrender to his kingship. That's an invitation. That's an invitation. And in Luke 12, 32, just in case you think, oh, can I, is it? He said this, it's my father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We're not twisting God's arm. We're not begging. He's, it's his good pleasure. He wants to. He wants to. And let me just quickly say that too many of us forget. We're like, okay, seek first the kingdom. And we forget that and his righteousness bit. There's another bit. What does that mean? I'm not going to get into this other than to say it means living pure. It means living holy lives. It means living to please the one that we live for, King Jesus. It means not just seeing him rightly, but living rightly with our choices, decisions, um, living rightly before a holy God. Holy Spirit is here to help, hey? Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, that's what he's committed to, our holiness. But let's seek first the kingdom and righteousness. Okay, number three, worship. How else can we release the kingdom? Worship. Worship, it's powerful, it shifts atmospheres, it releases kingdom. It really does. Just like in my story of at Cam in Cambodia, in that village, as we began to worship Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Darkness begins to get pushed back. There's something about the song of heaven that is so powerful that demons can't help but just have to flee. I mean, David, King David in the Bible, before he was king, used to play a harp, play before um, Saul. And Saul was afflicted, like tormented by an evil spirit. And as he played, as David played, Bizarrely enough, this spirit would leave. That's the power of worship. Are you worshiping in your homes? Are you worshiping over your children? Are you worshiping in your businesses? Do you go down the street and worship? I'm not saying being a loony, but you can worship. Your posture is worship. I've gone and I've quietly worshiped in the street when I felt atmospheres of hopelessness, despair, darkness, chaos, fear, worship worship uh, i love the story of jericho uh, there was a big you know battle and um who was out the front the priests with the trumpets were positioned at the front on the front line for the battle i mean that never happens but it's a different kingdom it's a different kingdom and you know we're called to be a kingdom of priests so blast that trumpet worship because what happened in worship was the walls came down and I felt as I just even was reading that, that as the walls come, some of you have walls in your minds. You have walls in your heart. You have walls around your kids who have put these walls up towards you. Begin to worship. I feel there's a strategy that as you, as a priest in your family, as a priest in the neighborhood, as a priest, uh, as part of, a priest who is part of the kingdom, as you begin to worship, you're going to see an atmosphere shift. You're going to see breakthrough happen and those walls will come down in Jesus' name. Yes, so good. All right, number four, word, the word, the word, the word, which is the Bible. It's a weapon. The Bible um, actually tells us that the word of God is the sword of the spirit. 
Jesus used it against Satan in the wilderness. He said, didn't he? It is written. Every time the devil came at him, it is written. It is written. It is written. And the other morning I woke up and the Holy Spirit had this beautiful, amazing picture, actually. He was speaking to me about this. And he said that the word, the Bible, is the fuel for which the fire of the Holy Spirit can ignite. And what I saw a picture of was those fire breathers. Have you seen fire breathers? They're really cool. They fill their mouth with this um, kerosene or paraffin oil, and then they light, they, they, they light it and they breathe fire and it looks amazing. And that's what the Holy Spirit does when we have our mouths our lives filled with the word of God. He has something to ignite. And then when we speak, we're going to see the fire of God impact, shift, change, transform, destroy the works of the enemy. You need the, the word in here. If we don't have the word and you light the fire, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to be in trouble. If you're filling your mouth, your life with not the pure word of God, but something else with the latest opinion and the latest trendy preach idea, that's not founded on the word of God, you could actually, you know, those people, there's been um, studies where they've actually used the wrong oil and, and it burns their mouths. It burns their lungs. It burns their throat. You will be destroyed. Put the word of God into you and watch what the Holy Spirit does and you'll be a fire breather for the kingdom. Yay. Number five, uh, we're getting there. Number five, wait. Just wait. Wait, some of us are rushing. Okay, let's go. Do, 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 do. Go, 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 go. I'll tick the list. We're not ticking lists. This is relationship. There's no formula. This is relationship. But wait. Jesus said wait. And that means linger. Go into, his, into the secret place. Invite Holy Spirit to come. He said in Luke 24, 49, wait until you've been clothed with power from on high. This is not a passive waiting. This is the waiting like a, a surfer who wants the best wave, right? He gets on his board and he goes out to meet the wave. If you're waiting on the beach, just looking on passively, when that wave comes, you won't be ready to ride it. This is an active, expectant waiting that as we go, as we get on that board and we swim out, we are knowing and expecting that that wave's coming. It's coming. And I'm going to be positioned for the suddenly. And when it comes, I'm going to ride it in all its glory. There's nothing like it. Look, I'm not a surfer, but I can imagine. It's amazing. I'm imagining a Holy Spirit wave and the Holy Spirit glory. But some of us are sitting back passively with our arms crossed saying, well, if he does it, he does it. But you won't positioned, you won't be in place for when he comes to ride that wave, to see the harvest, to see demons flee, to see the healing happen. Get out there, do it. I've learned that the kingdom is activated as we go and do. You need to do something. Okay, so this is so good. What is the Holy Spirit? This is as simple as it is. What is he telling you to do? Then do it. Go do that. As he is in this world, so are we. I'm going to end with that. I want to just encourage you guys that the kingdom's massive. It's important, but there's an invitation to know King Jesus and then step up into your identity in Jesus' name. Step up in Jesus' name. You are called, commissioned, and then released. I release you even now in Jesus' name to release the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Bless you guys.